1: Perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7. Do not match symptoms or expectations. Use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility.
1: This is not a test. This is not a test. This is a urgency episode of the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. With Scott Dworkin, aka at Funder, Deputy Director of President Obama's Presidential Inaugural Committee 2009, Deputy Director of the Democratic National Convention 2012, Co founder and Senior Advisor for the Democratic Coalition in 2016. Special guest, Scott Dworkin. This is not a test. This is an urgency episode of the I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast with the very thoughtful, very insightful, very passionate Scott Dworkin. Listen, the I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast has been called the Karma Sutra of podcasting, meaning we do it in all different styles. We do comedy, obviously, we do sports, we do humor, we do drama. We do melodrama and we do politics when I feel necessary. I went to sleep last night feeling unsafe. Okay, first I was mad. That's my natural instinct. Then I realized, I said, "Why are you so mad? Why are you so mad?" And I realized I wasn't I wasn't mad. I was scared. Okay? I was scared, I was was alarmed by a tweet by our President of the United States. We can say he's not our President, he's not my President, he is the President of the United States. Dick Stain Donald Trump on January 2nd tweeted out and I quote, North Korean leader Kim Jong-un just stated that the quote unquote Nuclear button is on his desk at all times. Will someone from his depleted and food-starved regime please inform him that I too have a nuclear button, but it is much bigger and a more powerful one than his, and my button works. That's a threat. That's a threat of war, okay? That's like someone walking up to you while you're waiting in line to go to see a movie And saying, yo, what the fuck are you looking at? What the fuck are you looking at, homeboy? That's a threat. That's a threat. If you look at me again, I'm going to fuck you up. That's a threat. That's what Donald Trump is saying. Okay? It makes me feel unsafe. Like I said, I get angry. I articulate my anger. Okay? But it's, it's just coming from a place of fear. It's just coming from a place of fear. I don't care if you're Democrat, I don't care if you're a Republican, Obama, Reagan, Bush, Washington, Jefferson, Kennedy, I don't care who you are. The President of the United States is supposed to make the people of the United States feel safe. When the President of the United States is threatening that his nuclear button is bigger, better, and badder than North Korean leader Kim Jong-un's. Nuclear button. I don't feel safe. I feel uncomfortable. Okay? So I decided to finally make this happen with Scott Dworkin, who I've never met, never spoke to before. I love his his Twitter activities. Very passionate. Very informed. And he's not playing games. Okay? Like I said, he's worked as the, the deputy director of the... Uh, President Obama's inaugural committee, the deputy director of the Democratic National Convention. He's the co-founder and senior advisor for the Democratic coalition. And he's had his hand in helping uncover the Trump-Russia scandal. He has dedicated his entire life to politics. And right now, he has dedicated his life to bringing Donald Trump to justice, basically getting this motherfucker impeached where he needs to be, okay? I don't, listen, at at this point, at this point, like I've said this before, me and G. Moody, last name rhymes with duty, we've said this many times, at this point, it has nothing to do with politics, it has nothing to do with sides, Democrat, Republican, whatever side of it you're on, the safety of our people The safety of the world should be taken more seriously than tax cuts, opinions, Obama, whether you hated the black president or not, you sick fucks you, okay, because that's what a lot of this has to do with, we should be able to go to sleep at night feeling safe. Last night, the president of the United States also tweeted out, this this one hasn't gotten any attention, but this has got to be his top top seven wildest tweets of all time. This motherfucker just tweeted out the other night on January 2nd. He said, this is on his Twitter. I will be announcing the most dishonest and corrupt media awards of the year on Monday at five o'clock. Subjects will cover dishonesty and bad reporting in various categories From the fake news media, stay tuned. This is what this motherfucker's talking about on Twitter. Like, I don't know if he's... That's what you're going to announce? That's what you're announcing? The dishonest and corrupt media awards of the year, that's what you're doing as the president of the United States? Yo, somebody get your man. This motherfucker's buck- fucking wild nuts out of his fucking tree and not cute. It's not cute. This isn't a Chris Rock movie, okay? This isn't funny. This isn't a Warren Beatty movie. This is not funny. None of this is funny, okay? So I got Scott working on here, who you should follow. Anyway, uh, S-C-O-T-T-D-W-O-R- K-I-N, like working, but with a D. Scott Dworkin, a.k.a. Funder on Twitter, F-U-N-D-E-R. We get into all of it. We get into all of it. We get into why aren't the sexual assault claims against Donald Trump getting more coverage. He he explains to me in basic, layman, 7th grade, slow Michael Rappaport terms, the best he can about the tax reforms. What's going on with Dick Stain Donald Trump and sick Steve Bannon? They're beefing now. There's a book coming out. By the time I did this podcast, Donald Trump has said, ever since I fired Steve Bannon, now he's talking about he's fired. They have beef. They have beef. Steve Bannon, who, we, we, we explained it in great detail. Listen, I'm not the classy type. Okay. And I'm sure there's new listeners of the Iron Rapport stereo podcast. I'm not the classic type. My motto in life is when they go low, yeah, see, I go lower. Michelle Obama, the great Michelle Obama, she said, When they go low, we go high. No, see, Michael Rapport said, When they go low, I go lower. I go into the fucking bowels of the sewer. Okay, I put on my hazmat suit and I go lower and lower and lower. And I feel like the only way to fight Donald Trump is to go lower, to fight harder. There is no going higher with this dog, this animal. You must go lower. You must with him. I know a lot of people probably don't agree with this, but with him, you must go lower. You must bring it to his chest piece. You must go full Wu-Tang with Donald Trump. The image of him stalking and prancing around Hillary Clinton during those debates. I think about that all the time. Like he was like stalking her and like sort of like trying to physically impose himself on her. This is a president? The next person that runs against Donald Trump needs to be ready to take it to the streets verbally. Physically impose your will on him. The next person that debates him, that faces him. You can't be nice, you can't be classy around a dog-faced, dick-stained animal. Okay, so let's get to it with Scott Dworkin on an urgency episode of the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. All right, as I told you, I was going to have Scott Dworkin... On the I Am Rap Report Stereo Podcast Who uh, Is hardcore Understanding uh, Co-founder of the Democratic Coalition Against Trump I appreciate the time I've learned a lot from A lot of the stuff you've uh, posted on Twitter um, And following you And and I respect your diligency um, And just your Your uh, where you're at, where you're at, you know, this is the first time you and I are speaking. I've said this many times. I've never, you know, I'm 47 years old. I've never paid that much attention to politics. I'm not bragging. That's just a fact. Um, you know, and, and I think like a lot of Americans, a lot of people in the world probably, um, you know, no matter what side you're on at this point, I think people uh, are paying attention and are passionate about it. And you're very passionate about it. Um, and I appreciate you... Uh, Taking the time with me, Scott. Sure, absolutely. I have so many questions for you, and you seem to have such a great understanding of what's going on in the history of politics and obviously what's going on with Trump, and you worked with Obama and all this stuff. The other day, the tweet that uh, Trump put out about uh, his nuclear button being better than Kim John's nuclear button and and his button works better and and and, and you know it, it works and all this stuff. And and I realized I got really pissed off about it. And then I realized I feel unsafe. Like him saying that made me feel unsafe because I'm like, I wait, I go to sleep in the morning, I wake up, look and grab my phone, and I'm like, is like Florida in the ocean? Um, have bombs exploded, you know, and 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 just that general feeling of feeling unsafe. Um I don't think it's fair. I mean, so so just that tweet that he put out the other day about his nuclear button working better, what do you make of that?
2: Uh, you know, I think that they have a uh, back channel to North Korea and, uh, via South Korea, and they're working together uh, diplomatically w- when it comes down to it. I think this was meant to be a distraction from, you know, the, the book release mm. uh, the, uh, and the quotes from Bannon. Um, but then they also... You know, when he talks about a nuclear button, nobody, not one of his advisors would have said that's a good idea. Um, so this is something that definitely was written by him. Uh, I can tell you that it's its uh, troubling because he thinks, you know, he thinks he can get away with it and and not be held accountable. And it seems like the Republicans in Congress are just going to sit there. And they, they really there's been no response uh, for the most part today. Um, from any Republican member of Congress and every single Democrat's outrage because it's endangering American lives. And so think about, you know, when he talks about attacking intel officers and all this stuff, like most of those people are in the military. Most of those people in the Army, the Air Force, like we have intelligence services through our military. And so when he's attacking those, and then if you go to the FBI and DOJ, a lot of those people are officials, former police officers. Uh, people that are law enforcement officers that he acts like he's friends with, and really, it's seems like he's a criminal who's a, who's their enemy. Anyways, um, it's, he's gone off the deep end. And from from my sources uh, from the from the White House in regards to what's happened today, um, you know, in the last twenty four hours, I guess he got questions about this this book that's coming out where Bannon says uh, Don Jr. is a traitor. Um, or said that he committed treason, and then he also said that uh, Donald Trump Sr. actually was introduced to the people in the July 2016 uh, Russian lawyer meeting, which would involve him and implicate him. You know, before, which means he's knowledgeable at that point, which means everything else he said beyond that of not knowing about Russia would would be discounted. So there's a lot of different bombshells in this, and I think he kind of felt the anxiety of he doesn't know what's going to happen next. He doesn't mm-hmm. know what's going to happen. Probe. he doesn't know what we're going to do in regards to the resistance he doesn't know um, what a lot of things are going to happen and and the problem is he's also outnumbered at this point um, sadly not in Congress though
1: and just clarify the book isn't written by Steve Bannon um, no. so so give the context of who wrote the book and, and who this person is in relation to Steve Bannon and, and what the um, accuracy it's not like a tabloid book right
2: Right. No, it's nonpartisan and it's, you know, it's sourced in, in regards to everything's been verified um, in regards to what's been said. And so he must have, you know, recordings of conversations between um, these people and him or have taken, you know, very clear notes in regards to you know, their meetings with him, because he's actually speaking to a lot of these people one on one and they're giving their impression of Trump, um, you know, off the cuff and a lot of people are talking very openly, um, you know, like Rupert Murdoch calling him an effing idiot after uh, he took a – he was going to consider taking a liberal stance on immigration, um, and that didn't happen, obviously. But, uh, you know, there's – it just seems like a meltdown. You know, they're trying to juggle too many balls, and it's really not going to work out for him because it's just going to crash down. You know, he spent all his political points. And I don't I don't really think since it's an election year, I don't think a lot of Republicans are going to stick with him. At the very least, they're going to distance themselves from him, um, the people who are not in trouble. Now, there's lackeys, people that want to run statewide. They'll attack Mueller and they'll do stuff like that. But, you know, now there's elected Republicans who are like, wait a second, I think I think Trump might be lying. And it's like taking them this long to figure that out. Um, so you know it's it's all just a bunch of bunch of games and that's that's the idea is you want to check your phone in the morning and when you get um, you see one of his tweets and you know he wants to point you in this direction when really we should be looking in the other direction um, and, and you know that's gaslighting. so he 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 definitely does a lot of things intentionally and that's that mm-hmm. makes it kind of kind of worse
0: mm-hmm. I
2: mean like it's not like intend to distract by endangering the lives of Americans or, you know, maybe he provokes a missile launch in North Korea and they, you know, they misfire it and it does hit people. It does hit populate. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, who knows if they can actually control it. So there's a lot of scary different things because once, once something goes down, I mean, there's no turning back with a lot of the other countries. And, and at this point, he's done more damage uh than than any president in the, in the history of this country um from what i've what i've seen and it just I, a lot of it's going to take years um if not you know more than a decade to build it back up and build our trust back up because when you don't when you don't trust your intel officers that means you remember around 9-11 when everybody said, oh, well, we weren't on the same page.
0: Mm-hmm. It was
2: just ADOJ, like, oh, everybody wasn't on the same page. We all had snippets and we knew it. But we, if we put it all together, then we would have been fine. So they wanted to, to sync everything. But now, it, it, if we're not getting intelligence from other countries because they don't trust us, we're going to miss out on information that makes us you know, in a more dangerous spot. So you should feel unsafe. And that's 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 definitely natural. And in this setting, this is not normal. And uh, anybody who kind of gives you a thumbs up, they're either in on it or or just a, a moron.
1: I didn't even think about that uh, in regards to that that tweet about the nuclear uh, his button and all that stuff. But I, I guess he probably you know he, he gets the information that 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 story was coming out about the book. Um, and you know that that unsafe feeling, I just think is not fair. And you know, I mean, listen, I wouldn't even call myself a novice person of having a novice understanding of politics i just go on my feelings and my guts and just like you know right and wrong um you know one of the questions i wanted to ask you was you know we have republicans democrats you know and i feel like people have drawn hard lines in the sand you're either a republican and you're with Trump or you're a snowflake fucking you know democrat and you're not with Trump and somehow or another the republicans have given off this impression that they're the tough you know ones that care about this country and we the democrats are the snowflakes liberals and and and, and every single republican is the same and every single democrat is the same and and it's not, that's never the case. Like, none of us are the same as Democrats. None of us are the same as Republicans. Will there ever be more choices or like sort of like, I like a little bit of this or I like a little bit of that? It's like as if the, the whole world only existed in basketball. Like there's either you're a Laker fan or you're a Knicks fan. And what about the rest of us? You know, like maybe you're a Utah Jazz fan or maybe some people like Chicago Bulls. Like, Is there ever going to be like where it's not just so hard line, you know, one or the other?
2: I think when you know when there's substantive evidence that comes out uh, against Trump, his family, and the rest of his, his people, I think that the country will actually unite against him for the most part. There will be stragglers. There will be Republicans who go down with the ship no matter what, um, and there's going to be this ton of people retiring, obviously, so they'll need to, to run, run new campaigns. But as of right now um, – you know, the, the division has become Republicans holding into their far, far right corner and Democrats moving into the overall aspect of let's save some people's lives. Like what's wrong with, what's wrong with making sure kids have health care so they don't make other kids sick, so they don't make me sick. You know what I mean? Like, why why aren't you going to, Take care of Americans? Why are you going to take their Medicare and Social Security that they paid money for for decades so that they could retire in peace and be able to pay their rent and not get kicked out of their house or whatever? You know what I mean? Like, th- there's reasons for everything. And all they're doing is cutting and cutting and cutting to the point where it's like, why are we paying taxes? Like, what are we paying them for? It's so that this guy can go and spend one-third of his presidency, $120 million and counting, uh, on the golf course and at his own spots. Is is that real?
1: $120 million in, like, the travel and the security?
2: Yeah, so it was $91 million uh, before his Christmas trip, and after that it cost around $30 million. And this is what we know of. This is what we're sure of, which means that, you know, it could be double for all we know, but – uh, based on the information we have, it's up to $120 million, which is more than Obama spent in his entire presidency, all eight years. Um, and, and that's, you know, I think he spent $111 million. And he's criticized for every dime he spent. Mm-hmm. Uh, as they should. Um, but, you know, Trump not only is making, he, he's going down to think about the, like this, he's going down to his own property, right? And so a lot of the expenses are going through his property. So he's making money off mm. of tax, but not only a taxpayer vacation, he's also making money off that tax money himself mm. of his property. And then also, you know, there's going to be other expenses of staffers that stay there. Um, and then he's making money because it's fully booked when he's down there. Because people want to meet with them, and you—if you're not staying at Mar-a-Lago, you're not going to get a meeting with them. Um, so, I mean, that's that's the thing that's just been—that that's corruption, and that's what that's what it is. This is not, you know, a third-world country, but he's running it like one. And and you know, there's very few things that we can do except for you know, replace it with with Democrats to even the balance. And I, I don't think that there's going to be. I think there will be an awakening in regards to Americans realizing, um, you know, a, a, a vast majority, like eighty, eighty-five percent of Americans realizing that this guy is going to bring this country down and they're not going to stand for it anymore. I think that'll show at the polls. Um, Republicans will definitely turn around uh, very quickly. They'll turn on, turn on Trump very quickly. Um, probably half of them or so um, in the next few months because they have an election coming up and he's polling too low. Um, a lot of them, you know, I, I don't. I'm never going to forget who stood by him. I'm not never forget how they killed one of, you know, members of the resistance, um, and two cops died that day in Charlottesville. Mm-hmm. I take that personally. I remind him every chance I get, you know, that Heather Heyer is her name because he couldn't remember her name. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and then the, the troops, you know, that he that came home and he didn't even call them. Uh, and then he tried to accuse Obama of never calling them. And, you know, one of the first things he did was visit an air base where they actually were landing and he was there. Um, and so it's, it's just like, why compare? It doesn't matter. Why talk about Hillary? She doesn't. She's not relevant. I know. To this it makes no
1: sense. She has. It doesn't make any sense.
2: They just want it's all for like distract here, distract here, distract here. But now they've kind of outplay their balance like we let him use the word collusion like we've let him use that uh, all last year because we knew that we don't need to have the talk about the difference between collusion and conspiracy so uh under antitrust cases you can be charged with collusion like colluding with let's say a bank or or, you know in, in regards to the stock market um in regards to this sort of case that Mueller has, there are no criminal charges that can be made that are collusion. Um, It would be conspiracy against the United States, obstruction of justice, something along those lines. So it's a Trump talking point in a trap. And it's one of the many things where he's like, let's talk about collusion. But that's basically like saying, let's talk about something where you're acting like it's a crime that you can debate about, but in the end game, You can't actually be charged with it. So what are we really talking about? If we're talking about conspiracy, it's so much simpler in regards to how it can be implicated. And you'll see that flip on its head. But a lot of this, all Russian tactics, all of this stuff with the fake news, he even just admitted that Steve Bannon, in his response to Steve Bannon, he admitted that Steve Bannon leaked out fake news to the media in his statement in response, trying to attack him, But what he doesn't realize is that he's accountable for everything that happens in that white house. Right. Uh, So I, I don't, you know, I don't know what's going to happen next. I just know being, I've lived in DC for over 12 years now. I've never seen Republicans this stressed. Uh, I've never, I've never seen them actually want to come and meet with me and talk to me until now. Mm. Um, It's, it's been years. Yeah. To be honest, like five years since really, you know, Republicans were, were even going to sit down. And even now I don't trust them. So I sit down and I listen. Uh. I, I don't you know, I, I assume that it's a trap or. And, and so what this has happened, what's happened here is I think this woke up America to a level we needed to be at, you know, 10 years ago. Right. And in this this assault, these acts of war that Russia is committing against the United States. We will look back on it, uh, and it will be, you know, considered in our minds as, as treason. But this is, this is more serious uh, than just hacking some emails on the internet. These are people who can turn off our power. These are people who can damage our water supply. These are people who can, you know, turn off the power in the airport. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like this is, this is not a laughing matter. Like these are. Uh, not only that, they've attacked. American civilians like myself trying to use, uh, I it. It's cyber op operations. Um, you know, by threats, I received thousands of threats last year. Did you really? And, absolutely. I, I think I was second to Hillary.
1: How did you receive them?
2: Uh, Twitter phone. Uh, they don't, you, nobody has my phone number, but, uh, it's, it, I'll get it via Twitter email, uh, via friends, which is the worst. Mm. Um, I've gotten them via family, which is the toughest, Uh, but everyone is on the same page. They are so resolute. At first, it was tough. Like in April of last year, um, the Russian embassy in the UK sent out a tweet saying thanks to Funder, which is my handle, so thanks to Scott for uh, keeping Trump as Putin's puppet or calling Trump Putin's puppet, something along those lines, with a creepy Leo DiCaprio cheers in from the great Gatsby meme below it. It really, you know, it was mind boggling. And, and people said, that's a threat. We need to go. And I, I was like, what are you talking about? And, but that's intended. And what happened was instead of them scaring me away from it, I knew, I knew I was to something. Mm-hmm. And that's what, what always happens is whenever the attacks rise up, like that's when it really happened. Cause I, all I knew was in June of 2016, I knew that there was a possibility that Hillary would lose. And I woke up like Trump could become the president. So we started fighting back against all these attacks. And I just Googled Trump and Cyrillic versus via business directory. Uh, and it, it came up with different information. I was able to uncover pictures and video of them in Russia doing business, different contracts. And um, this started you know, turning into a big, bigger kind of scandal than we rolled into January of last year and we were going to inauguration. I was up, you know, if you were wondering, I wonder if anyone's up right now trying to make sure that this uh, inauguration doesn't happen based on evidence against Trump. Mm. Uh, I, I was that guy, you know what I mean? Like i one of the many, uh, but, you know, it, it really, this is something where I've devoted my life to because I love this country. I love what it stands for, uh, and I don't like where it's at. And, and I'll tell you what, we are not doomed thanks to, you know, Americans standing up. And I don't think there's anything that's going to prevent them from turning out in numbers beyond presidential years in this in the fall. And I don't think that Republicans are going to be able to match it on any level. I would assume that they lose 55 seats. I think we lost 70 you know, when the health care – it was eight months after the health care bill or something like that. Right. Six months after healthcare health care bill. So we've got this tax bill now I can wave around for the next 10 months. And they're going to have to explain themselves that they can't. Why do you take 13 million uh, – why do you take health care from 13 million people? You know, why aren't you doing anything for dreamers? What are you doing to fund children's health care? You can't even fund the government. You know what I mean? Like you funded it through January as of right now or even January 20th. Um, and it's just – Like, what are you doing to fight Trump? A lot of these things, they're not going to be able to confront these problems. You know, why were you silent on Trump? Imagine a debate between a congressman and someone who's challenging him and the questions they'll be asked. Like, why do you still support Trump? Like, they're going to be cornered and they're going to look sleazy because they are. And they're going to look like liars because they are. And I think at the end of the day, justice takes time. Criminals can lash out, make attacks quickly. Uh, and we have to temper our response, and sometimes not respond at all, and that leads us into a situation where they repeat things over and over, but you see no response from Mueller, because again, uh, it, it's a very complex process, but I think it's coming to the end, um, and, I, and I really believe that you know, Mueller is going to throw out some indictments, and by the end of this all, uh, a lot of these people are going to end up in jail, most of them uh, we'll end up in jail for helping to cover it up, mm. and for and for crimes that were committed while in the White House that have nothing to do with Russia.
1: Wow, I mean, this is like it's it's so much to absorb, um, and it's so much to process um, uh-huh. for all of us, and 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 I imagine even somebody like you that's like you know like you said who's dedicated your life to this, um, and I feel like whether it's fake news, real news, Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, you know, everything is so distorted. Like the Russia, the Russia, uh, you know, investigation, which, you know, you uh, helped uncover, you know, I feel like at first it was like, oh, Russia, Russia, it's going to get him, And now it's become sort of an everyday part of our vernacular. And we hear about it all the time. We're getting desensitized to it. Now I know you're not a fortune teller, Scott, (laughs) You know, I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but in regards to Russia and specifically, is, is that going to be the thing that, that that really takes down this administration?
2: Yeah, I, I you know, I, I, I'm debating still whether it's the Me Too movement, and it'll be women and his 20 uh, victims of sexual assault, mm-hmm. uh, or if it will be Russia. It looks like it's going to be Russia because he, he really you're not going to make a deal with Flynn unless he's flipping on, on Trump. You're not going to make a deal with Papadopoulos unless he's got juicy enough stuff to throw on Trump. Um, I, I I really think that this is going to do far more than just bring him down. I think this will bring him down for good. Um, I don't think that he'll ever spend time in prison. I guess he would, he would be sentenced to house arrest or something like that. He'd act like he was mentally incompetent or something, you know, legally he would get out of it. Um, but I don't think that he'll he'll be in in, in office for another maybe three months. Really, um, my guess is he'll be presented with a docket that, or or you know a binder that says, "Here's the route that we can go. Here's a route uh, for your resignation, um, and here's the route if you don't resign." Uh, and I don't know exactly how legally that happens. Um, I don't know you know the background from it. But once they have enough information, if they're planning to indict. Um, I think at, at that point they can come up with some sort of deal that includes his resignation mm. and and as crazy as some people may think that oh he'll never resign he goes out pretty easily um, his past business deals he's been he's he's kind of signed himself off once he bankrupts everything and makes his money um, he usually is like okay I can go now right so I wouldn't be surprised if he was like i can do more from the outside I'm resigning Right. Like, and, and, you know, and then he just goes and retires in Mar-a-Lago. Um, but with that will not get, you know, his son, his son-in-law, his daughter, um, Ivanka and, and others off the hook for working with Russia. And remember, it can be as simple as me finding out, right? If I'm on the Trump campaign, I find out that Russians have been in contact. I have... And and if I did not report that to federal authorities, you're then breaking the law. So Mm. it it doesn't have to be where they went in a back room, they planned stuff out, and they went from there. Even if you just allowed stuff to happen, right, that's that's illegal, that's a felony, it's jail time. Mm. This is not – these are not laughing matters. People have died over this. Mm. And these are people that (laughs) – not just intelligence officers or, or people in Russia. I think there's been like you know, 15 people that have miraculously seriously died uh, involving this dossier. Um, but at the end of the day, um, I don't think that they, I don't think that they ever expected us to push back so hard. Because right. remember it was, it was Nunes canceled a congressman from California canceled Yates and Clapper hearings with the former, um, assistant Attorney General, and um, when they canceled those hearings in March, I think it was, um, that was right after Flynn had been fired, um, and we went on, I think Comey got fired shortly after that, um, but anyways, we we went on and we pushed, like, well, Sessions led the transition team, he met with Russians during the campaign, uh, you know, and after <laughs> obviously after, as well, um, but he. So, how can he help lead this investigation? So then he he hands it off to Rod Rosenstein. Rod Rosenstein, we then uh, find out was involved with Jim Comey's firing. So then we push Congress to and, and via public pressure to ha- have Rosenstein bow out. And I think that only took a day. Mm. Uh, and that's when I don't know if Sessions was involved or not. That's when they appointed Bob Mueller. And I think that's when Trump lost it because he knew that if one man in the world could get him for all this, uh, it would be it would be Bob Mueller. Um, and, I, and I just think that the, the time is ticking for a lot of these people. And you'll see a lot of surprises. In regards to how deep some of these people are and how a lot of people Mm. haven't been mentioned yet, specifically Rudy Giuliani, Mm. Ivanka Trump, Mm -hmm. um, and obviously Donald is going to be the the key player. I don't know if he organized it all, but again, it doesn't matter. If you worked with the Russians, if you allowed it to happen, you're gone. That's it. Keep it simple, you know? So I, I think we're in a good spot to move the, the, the story forward. And once there's substantive evidence beyond this guy said that, um, you know, some paperwork, once they have audio tapes or videotapes, you know, uh, proving X, Y, and Z, they're going to play that like it's Hillary's emails, you know? And they, I, I just don't see anybody being able to survive that even Trump.
1: Now, in, in regards to the, the me too movement, and the sexual assault claims against Donald Trump. You know, they seem to, you know, when he was running, you know, during the the campaign, it was uh, talked about, then he got elected, then it went away, and then in the last, you know, four or five weeks, you know, the women have come forward. Why do you think it's not getting any more media coverage, and could there actually be an indictment on on those sexual assault claims against him?
2: A lot of those women were issued credible threats i'm sure at, at a constant beyond what i've even the russian government you know by you know nazis but credible threats you know like i'm gonna go you know, attack your house or your family um but descriptors and like pictures from being outside and things like that um outside of their home that is uh i i, I don't There there won't be any criminal part of this, like he won't get charged with anything at any point in regards to sexual assault, unless there were to be, um, you know, an accuser that has evidence and can present that, um, a lot of these people, it was, you know, groping or, um, you know, doing things one-on-one and it was, you know, either years ago, either 10 years ago, or 30 years ago. But, you know, when you watch, when you watch these women, you know, they're, they're telling the truth They're not, not making it up. And, and you can, I, I don't understand why. I mean, I know why Republicans act like they, they don't know that he has any sexual assault claims against him. I just don't know why they're allowed to get away with not paying attention to it. Right. Um, and that's what we're working on. Cause the second that more than one Republican says that they, they should be heard, uh, it's that that could be ballgame for Trump, too, because any sort of outside person, you know, Nikki Haley, a U.N. ambassador, she said they should be heard. And it was off the cuff and she tried to retract it and it was unsuccessful and she was able to, you know, they threw that out there. But it's one of so many things that he's doing. It's hard to just focus on, you know, one salacious thing after another. Even Bannon. And this is the worst part. Bannon brought up the, he, he was alleged, uh, a, a, a woman accused Trump of uh, raping her when she was 13 years old. Um, and it was very clear that, you know, it was a court case that it was civil, so it was not criminal, um, but it was moving forward where the judge thought it was credible enough to do so. And then I think after some kind of death threats or something along those lines, um, she then withdrew the case. Hmm. But, you know, all of these people can't be liars. Right. And, and that's that's the thing is if we're going to examine Frank and, you know, and, and kick him out of the Senate, we definitely need rid of Trump. Because at the end of the day, there is no justice without him being able to uh, be accountable for all of his previous actions, because it does make him unqualified to be president um, in in that, in the fact that he's assaulted this many women.
1: Right. Uh, It's crazy. The tax reform. Now me personally, I benefit from what I've gathered from my accountant and my financial advisor. I benefit from this tax reform. That means shit to me. I I could care less. I could seriously care less. It it means nothing to me. I'm trying to figure out uh, how I should deal with that personally. Should should I spend it? Should I donate it? I don't know. But could you, the best you can, like if you're talking to a slow 7th grade version of myself, can you explain (laughs) the basic sort of concept of this tax reform and why, unless you're a very rich person, and I'm not very rich, but but I happen to be doing well right now. And unless you're you know like like sort of elite money wise, why the tax reform is a bunch of garbage and bullcrap. And even the staunchest Trump supporter who who's not a millionaire should be offended and upset and concerned about this tax reform.
2: Sure. So they have a bill, um, and what they did with the bill is they took instead of giving money to people who need it, which would be poor people, disabled and whatnot, they're trying to reallocate that money to rich people with this trickle-down theory where it's like, you know, press the rich people to employ more people, they're going to give bonuses, and we'll give benefits to the corporations instead of the worker. Um, You know, it's very, in the simplest terms, Um, To pay for that, to pay for these big tax cuts, they then rolled in over a period of a a decade, taking away the health care of 13 million Americans um, that currently have it, and in in addition to um, taking from Medicare and Social Security um, in order to pay for it. So they're basically taking this tax plan, and yeah, they're simplifying the tax code Um, But in the end, you know, 99 percent of all Americans are going to pay more. Mm. Uh, Not only that, it it drives up a one point five trillion dollar deficit. So in the most basic of terms, um, they came up with a tax plan. And instead of what they're what they're doing is instead of giving all the money to the, you know, to a lot of people that are poor, they're giving it to very few people that are rich and mm-hmm. saying, trust them, they'll, they'll, you know, they'll do it, and they kind of roll their eyes like, yeah, right, and that's what that's what happens every time. I don't ever see a rich guy who's like, I made more money. I need to employ more people immediately. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how it works. They put it in their coffers and, you know, buy a new Lamborghini. Like, that, that's, I've seen it. So, uh, it, it's just, the, the part that makes it a scam is they made deals that even contradict each other um, with almost every senator um, that's a Republican where they got a personal benefit or a family member got a personal benefit or they uh, accomplished something via the bill, you know, like drilling in the Arctic for Murkowski, Um, you know, and, and that's just, that's just, again, that's, that's corruption, but uh, as, as simple as it can make it, you know, they, they had, basically a piece of crap, right? And so you take this piece of paper and you shove it through. You're like, don't worry about what's in it. Like, forget about that. Let's just get it through and then we can work out the kinks. You move on to the next level, you go to the Senate. And it's like, oh, you've got to write something, you know? And so how can we take the money from the poor and put it in the richest you know, people's hands? And uh, they did that by, by passing this bill. I do not believe that this will be... Um, you know, I think that this bill will be a big flop, uh, and, I, and I think that they'll have to. One of the first things Democrats would do is—I um, don't know if repeal would be the word—but um, they would they would have to get rid of it. Um, and I think they'd get enough Republican votes to do that. But yeah, it's it's really it just is a long, extensive scam that is meant to simplify taxes while screwing you out of more money. So it's like, even though you can do it maybe on a postcard, you know, people who need that extra thousand bucks aren't going to get it. Um, And and in the long run, everyone loses because um, if you can't live well, right, if you can't be healthy and you're not living. Right. And and if we can't enable society for us to be able to take care of each other, what the hell are we doing? Right. So it's, it's it's just a big it's a long scam that I, I can't say it enough it, that people are going to go to jail for this bill. There's going to be people who it's kind of like Abramoff, like the, the old lobbyist back in the day. Mm-hmm. And there's too many deals that were made in the back room. Lobbyists actually wrote words, very illegal. Um, it's it's not, not good for America. So I, I think that, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these things are going to be, they are going to have to clean up the bill. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, I'm, I'm guessing Democrats will eventually take control um, and overhaul the taxes. I mean, here's, the, here's the great news, the great news out of all of this. Give it to me. Every single thing that Republicans are doing that's right-wing batshit crazy, right? every single thing that they're doing opens up the door for us to instead of saying, we'll, you know, we'll, uh, uh, we're going to give health care to more people, like they say, well, we're going to take it from $13 million then we're like, well, we're going to give it to all. We're going to give it to everybody. So we're able to take a more, what you would say, liberal stance on almost everything because they're taking this far right position and you know, they're outnumbered in, in, every, in every way. 800,000 people with dreamers. We want them to stay. Mm-hmm. They play these games where they act like they care. They don't care about you. They don't care about me. They don't care about any of us, right? They only care about serving themselves. I'm not sure why. I don't know why. I ask them all the time in person. Like, yeah,
0: they, they you-
1: don't care about us. That's the thing. That's the thing that frustrates me about the, the Trump middle America uh, or wherever the wherever the fuck they are. They they're under this impression that this guy gives a shit about the have nots. He could care less about the have nots of any color: white, black, green, blue, Puerto Rican. Any color, he doesn't care. He does not care, and I don't know what made people think all of a sudden, boom, because he's up there talking. Like, what in his life has he done to show that he cares about people, uh, uh, regular regular folk? Yes, nothing. Yeah,
0: yes, nothing.
1: nothing. Um. All right. Let, let me ask you this: In a few years, there's going to be another election for a president. Whether Trump uh-huh. resigns, uh, uh, whether he he any, anything happens, as far as the Democrats. Who can we look forward to running for president and and being a viable, strong, charismatic, and at this point, you need to be able to deal with confrontation, which is a whole new sort of, uh, like, you have to be able to talk shit, because we can say what we want about Trump, uh, but he went in there at these um, debates, and he played beyond dirty. He took it to a schoolyard level. He was insulting. He was personally insulting. You know, like, he, he's a good shit talker. Who would be the person in line or people in line that would be able to go against him or the next Republican candidate?
2: My, my personal choice is Michelle Obama. Mm. But I, I know that she's not uh, drawn to it as of yet, even though she made it clear that she's not running, which is the first thing you do when you're running. Um, oh, right. But that's that's you know, that's obviously a while ago. If I had to choose today, I'd say it would be Joe Biden to get the polar opposite going where he can attack him by calling him a hooligan or like, you know, something where it's very simple, but it's a sharp barb.
1: Right. I think uh, Joe can mix it up verbally.
2: Right, right. And, and I think it,
1: Joe like in, would intimidate him physically. Like it, it's weird to think of it that way, but like he needs to feel like a physical threat. It's so weird to think that, but the way he was sort of stalking around Hillary and like right. lurking around her like he knew she wouldn't talk the way he was going to talk. He she's a woman, he's a guy. He's a big guy. Like there was a sort of like he was sort of like intimidating. Like he needs to be bullied.
2: Right, I, I think you know that's that's a tough thing. Is I didn't see a lot of that happening, and I think that's why, uh, you know, I, I kind of let loose, you know, about a year ago, and I was just like, I'm just gonna say, I'm I'm not gonna even sugarcoat anything, and, and it's 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 made me able to be a be a bigger voice. Right, uh, and, and it's I think that there's a lot of other uh, Democrats that can. Uh, that can learn from that
1: he's so inappropriate as a president and some people some people will go well he's being real he's just like us and i go i don't want a fucking president like me otherwise i would run for like i want a president to be better than me i want a president to be more articulate than me i want a president to be more thoughtful and more compassionate than me Right, yeah. I don't want a, a president who speaks, makes up things, who's schoolyard shit talking, and all this stuff. And I'm with you, like where you say you were, this like fuck it, I gotta let the chips fall. I never gave a shit. I never talked about politics. I got you know, I, I never thought about it. I never was concerned about it until I'm like you know, uh, this is like a fire alarm with him.
2: It's like this is bad. This is not good. No, and it's it's like it's like the Kushner thing you said. I think you were on Colbert. And it, it said uh, something along the lines of, like, how, <laughs> how can he look himself in the mirror as, as a Jewish person? Like, how can he actually, you know, s- still be there right. after uh, all the white supremacist stuff? Like, this is no, no laughing matter. These are people let, – let's, let's think about it like this. If you're a white supremacist, what do you want to do? You want whites to be the only race that exists. Mm-hmm. That's the goal. So they want everybody else to die out. Um, everything that he 's doing right now, taking health care, taking away funds, um, not helping out Puerto Rico, you know not helping out more liberal states, um, all of that hurts minorities in America, and the thing that you know they're going to be most trouble with come twenty eighteen is the fact that they've got you know like fourteen seats in California, twelve seats in Texas, mostly that wouldn't be up for grabs if it wasn't for You know, Trump, but he's, you know, he opened the door for Democrats that hadn't had teeth before. Um, And I guarantee you that President Obama will come out swinging when he's going to be campaigning like a madman. Okay. Coming up, he's going to be campaigning like a madman. And he is not going to hold back. Mm -hmm. He's. good at that slow burn of knowing exactly what to say to just get under Donald's skin. Cause he's one of the few people who can do it. Mm-hmm. And I think Hillary's going to be a play, play a major role, uh, in that as well. But it, it's, it's, I think there will be a political reset when people realize exactly what's, what's gone down during the Trump administration and, and it's going to be more civil and we're going to be more united in the end, and and not only that, we'll be stronger for it because I agree. We won't be influenced by a bunch of garbage that says, "Hey, let's go riot in the streets," mm-hmm. you know, and it's just a Russian ad, mm-hmm. you know. Like we, we're not protecting ourselves. We're acting like the internet is not part of reality, or it doesn't affect real life. When in fact it. It does, you know, and and people need to remember when they cut off immigrants from coming here, where do you think they go? They go into the frickin ditch in their in their country. They're probably dead. Mm. So that's like, where is that country? You know, and not only that, at some point, someone's going to have to face uh, the gun issue we have. Gun violence has gone even up further now, um, and that's the like, oh, it's such a hot button. You know, screw that. Take their fucking guns. Right. Like start with machine guns, and you know everybody can have their own pistol, and you can have your own little little war in the country, and you shoot, you know, you know your cars. And I've done it before. Like I get it, but it's a hobby,
0: right? And
2: it's not worth people's lives, right? And and no one should be able to own a weapon of mass destruction, right? That was not what they were saying. They were saying, you know, if everybody wants to have a bayonet, go ahead and take it. Anyways, th- so there's a lot of things that are happening that are very simple that can help America that you're just not doing simple fixes to things that in, involve um, you know mass murder basically like terrorist attacks in, in, domestic terrorism and it's just being downplayed because we're not being attacked by a bunch of um, people that practice most like we're not being attacked by what do you, what do you say is radical Muslims we're being attacked by white Christian men right. like a lot of times or okay Christians obviously but People who act like they're, they're Christians and Trump followers, uh, they're obviously insane. And so I don't want to uh, blame him completely for it. But at some point, you know, you've got to call this what it is, which is brainwashing. Um, and when they're doing this, they're using Russian tactics. But what I think is it's wearing off. It's not cool. Uh, the next cool thing is to, to see how Trump can actually be toppled. Uh, and, and I think that we're in store for something that's uh, not only historic, it's uh, it really is going to bring us back mm-hmm. uh, to the forefront of everything where we can take the lead in, in green energy and uh, everything else down the line. But we cannot do that unless people keep fighting. And I can tell you this, I've never... I've worked on over a thousand campaigns in all 50 states in D.C. since you know 2004, and I've never seen people this energized. Right. I've never seen this pe- people this angry where they actually put it to good use mm-hmm. and where their hobby is now protesting. Right. Where they actually – and not only that, even more dangerously for the Republicans is these people are running for Congress. These right. people are running state house, state senate. Um, So, you know, when you have Republicans that are going to be, just keep this in mind for the fall, when you have them, uh, a lot of these people that are in safe districts, they'll have to be home more. They'll have to campaign more at home. They'll have to raise funds for themselves and not other people. Um, So if Paul Ryan were staying in, which he he might actually resign um, or retire, he says, uh, at the end of the cycle, you know, I, I think it really is. You know, they're they're fooling themselves that they believe that they can actually keep these stances that represent, you know, 1% of America. Uh, At the end of the day, I think that, uh, you know, we're going to be we are a stronger, stronger country um, and and we'll return to a sense of civility, uh, you know, in due time. Um, But I don't think the worst is has hit us yet. I don't think that they've, you know, they've really... Uh, gone after things as much as they could. They haven't fired Mueller. They haven't tried to, from what we've seen. Um, you know, but all of these chips, when you take away our diplomats and you tear down our country bit by bit, eventually it bites you in the ass. I agree. And you got it's really it's a dangerous premise, and sometimes it takes a while for the dominoes to catch up to itself. Um, and it only takes one thing for people to stick to it and it could involve nothing to do with Russia or uh, Me Too or anything else. It could be something random that drives them out where people are like, here's the sticking point. There's the line. I'm done like that. And I was done before he got inaugurated. So it's just, I think that he's the best worst thing that's ever happened to us. uh, At least our generation where you woke up people to make them care and realize that their vote matters. I agree.
1: Counts. I agree. I think that'll be the the, the the best thing that comes from all this. All right, okay. Scott, listen, I, I appreciate you taking the time and your insight, and I appreciate your passion and your consistency and your diligence, um, and it inspires me. I hope it inspires more people to... Uh, you know, stay, uh, you know, aware, to stay uh, focused and, and to, to, you know, to continue to educate ourselves and continue to communicate with each other, um, you know, to improve this country and, and improve, you know, our lives. Um, I would love for you to come back uh, and talk to me on the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. And, um, you know, like I said, I appreciate the time, Scott.
2: No, absolutely. Thank you very much. And keep up uh, with what you're doing because you are making a difference uh, you know, when you do go on TV, uh, when you are talking, uh, the honesty resonates with people, and so you know, keep up the good fight because uh, we really we need every person we can uh, to to make sure that the voice is heard, and and now is the time. And so, thank you for, for coming forward and actually stepping up when we need you.
1: Absolutely, and, and and I'll talk to you soon, my friend. Sounds good, brother. All right, Scott, thank you. All right, that was fantastic. I want to thank my guest Scott Dworkin. Uh, you could follow him on Twitter. He's a great follow. Very, very passionate. Very diligent. Um, very smart. Um, and he doesn't play games, as you can tell. He doesn't play games. You can follow him on Twitter at Scott Dworkin. S C O T T D W O R K I N at Funder. F U N D E R. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Um, I appreciate the insight. uh, I appreciate the information. um, And I appreciate your passion. Um, It's the Iron Rappaport Stereo Podcast urgency episode. Uh, Subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. My name is Michael Rappaport, and we're out.